The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Danny, uh, another exciting week after the UCC here, huh? I can't believe it's Friday already. That was, that week wore me out. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. The event was just insane. Uh, again, thank you to everybody that came up to us and talked to us at the event. What a blast we had being out there, getting to announce over the live PA. And the live feed. Yeah, getting on the, the Facebook live feed a few times. That was a lot of fun. Meeting all of the great guys who attended the show. Uh, just wanted to give a huge shout out to uh, to just a thank you to everybody who came out to the UCC and made it such a great event for the competitors. It was almost a dream. Like I woke up Monday, and I'm like, what happened this weekend? <laughs> and guys, real quick, listeners, we want to give you a quick heads up. Uh, Calibrated Power, we are now... Anytime you call into Duramax Tuner or Calibrated Power, ask your sales rep for a free podcast t-shirt. Let them know what size you are. They'll get that ordered up. Anytime you are paying for shipping to get something out to you, we will include a free podcast t-shirt. Make sure you call up and uh, get those. Of course, you can always reach me over there, 815-568-7920, extension 2122. And you can reach me at extension 2124. That's right. Danny at 2124, Paul at 2122. Today, I'm really excited, though. We have the top Duramax of the UCC uh, driver, competitor, NHRDA champion, Wade Minter. How the hell are you? Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. We got you on the phone. Wade, we had the privilege of talking to you right after the sled pull there on Sunday. And, uh, man, you were a little jacked up. That was a little bit of fun, huh? Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, for our first time to do that, it was pretty awesome. Now, that was your first time ever hooking to a, to a sled. First time. Man, you could have fooled me. 311 feet, Danny. Man, he's like that pool player that's like, hey, man, uh, yeah, you want to play, play a game of pool and then bust out his own stick. You know? <laughs> I never shot before in my life. He just killed it, man. I'll tell you what, Danny and I were standing up on the uh, stands with the announcers, and we got to see Wade. You were pretty early in the pack. Do you know what position or what place you actually pulled? Uh, we pulled four in the first round. Yeah, I knew it was early, man. No, I knew it was six. early. I believe it was six. Six. Six and then four in the second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to say that first round, we saw a couple of trucks go down. Rudy's had the weight box come off. Um, yeah. There, there was, you know, a few hiccups here and there. Baca didn't really get a distance uh, that was worth noting. Man, that was tough. But, but then Wade came up. He spooled up at the line. We all kind of still had our reservations, even at the line, Danny. You know, we looked and we really weren't sure what he was going to get for distance. And I'll tell you what, at about the 150-foot track, look the fuck out, man. This boy was coming. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't really get a chance to enjoy it too much because I was trying to keep the camera steady because I was filming. <laughs> well, you missed it, Danny. It was wild. I mean, the, the dust was flying everywhere. It was a really dry track, that first pull. Um, dust was flying everywhere. The truck was screaming. You could hear the turbos whistling. You could just hear the whole thing just roaring down that track. I thought he was going to hit the hit the woods, man. There was no question. That he was tree, going for it. That tree at the end of the track? Who <laughs> yeah. puts a tree at the end of a pull track? <laughs> somebody who thinks you know how to turn. Uh, you, somebody should have lumberjacked it. <laughs> Wade, we, we really appreciate you talking to us at the show and, of course, getting on the show with us now. Let's give our listeners a bit of a breakdown. Tell us about Triple Max or Ill tempered uh well I, I actually come up with the the team name is team triple max because i have also have a 02 duramax it's triple turbo lb7 and then i have this 06 it's lbz so i just you know i bought the one from brian spooner up in uh 
Saskatchewan, Canada, the, the O2, and uh, so that's how the Team Triple Max come about. And then, you know, I just named this other one Ill-Tempered because Brian named the other one Road Rage. So huh. just kind of keep them apart. And uh, we just pretty much copied our truck. You know, I, I called a guy trip at SoCal Diesel and wanted a motor built for it. And he kind of uh, had an idea of what he wanted, and I wanted a stroker motor built. So we ended up doing a 7.1-liter stroker motor just like uh, off of Brian Spooner's truck. And uh, we also tripped it up, put triples on it. I think we were probably one of the first drag trucks to actually have triples on them back in 2011 to 13. So that's pretty much where they came from and and, uh, and all that. So Tripped it up. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we've had Brian Spooner on the show. He's also a part of the project with uh, Blower Max, which I think they have a new design coming out here for uh, the next season or two. That'll be out. But uh, having two triple turbo Duramaxes, you got a little bit of experience drag racing there in the NHRDA, huh? Yes, sir. We do. We actually uh, probably won't hold long, but we actually have uh, we hold the uh, current ET and mile per hour record in Super Street. Ooh. And, you know, me and, and uh, Chris and Anthony and Derek and all of us have been, and Rob Cottons, we've all traded that back and forth, you know. It's a pretty good, you know, you know, we can make all the power in the world, but getting it to stick to the track and getting everything to work just perfect is the trick, you know. And everybody thinks that's easy, and it's not. <laughs> it's very hard, I promise. I've spent tons of money trying to make it happen. And, you know, there's so many rules in that class. You know, we can't run full slicks. We can't run, you know, we can't back half the truck. We have to weigh 6,000 pounds. You know, it's it's pretty good pretty good feat to get that to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is the uh, current ET in mile per hour record you hold? Uh, it's a nine flat at 155. Whew. Oh. Nine flat. That is cooking at 6,000 pounds without pure slicks. A lot of our listeners yeah. haven't been in a vehicle that goes nine seconds. Uh, when you get in a vehicle that goes nine versus a 13-second truck, it's like the difference is you can almost make a sandwich at the end of the track in the 13-second truck versus the <laughs> nine-second. It's night and day. So you've you've been working at that record for quite a while. Um, what were some of the milestones getting there? Like, Did you go tens first, and then you went down to, to nine fives, and then to nines, or was it like how what was your progression to get there well actually the uh the trucks have have made the power for a long time and we never did press the issue and then some folks come along and started pressing the issue so you know we 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 never ran my truck past level three just fuel only you know it was just a you know i mean we could put you know 1300 horse to the ground and, and it ran good so They've always made the power. We just never pressed it, and here the last year or two, we've had to uh, we've had to turn them up, you know, and make some more changes in turbos and injectors and stuff like that to get the uh, to get the extra half a second out of them or, or a full second actually. Because to run, you know, we started out running ten twos, you know, and I brought the truck from Brian, which he was running, you know, he ran a nine five in it, you know, back in thirteen. Right. And uh, still never turned the truck up to its full potential or never sprayed it or nothing like that. So, I mean, they've had the potential. It's just we never did press the issue, and they lived longer. Now it's more <laughs> transmissions, more converters, more, you know, more hard parts. So it's, 
it's come up a long way from the last year or two than it was. So, Well, let's talk a little bit on the, on the transmission. That's no Allison under there, is it? No, sir, it's not. Uh, it is a 48RE Dodge transmission built by Gorn and JTT, uh, and it's got a Gorn converter in it. And Dave's been working with us real hard trying to get these converters and stuff because they, uh, converters are a big issue in them on making them live. You know, you can, you can always pull them so many times and, uh, you know, shoot 15, 16, 1700 horse to them before they're going to give up. <laughs> How many passes do you get on average? Is it just like four or five passes or do you get a full season out of a converter? Oh, no, we won't get near a full season. We'll go through several converters. They're, uh, like I say, it's, uh, we used to get, you know, four or five races out of a converter, and then we started pressing the issue, like I said, and, uh, man, it's been, you know, sometimes we don't get a race out of a converter. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going to have Dave Guerin on the show talking about converter sizing and what type of uh, stall you should run for certain power levels. So I want our listeners to really pay attention to that episode when it comes to air. Absolutely. Yeah, and speaking of stalls, what do you have to set up for a stall to get a, a triple turbo set up like this to launch at the line? Well, we used to run a uh, 3200 stall in our precision converters, and uh, we still have a couple of those. And I think Dave has these set up around 2800 to 3000 Gotcha. Okay, so brought it down a little bit over time. I think so. Okay, okay, I gotcha. That now way it's not you know, free, it's not heating it up so bad, you know, we got a little more energy to start out with. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. All right. So as we're taking a look at this, I'm scrolling through the stats here, nine, seven, nine, six at the track, uh, not, not your best time ever, but still the fast old well, second fastest Duramax and then 1960 horsepower with 27, 27 foot pounds of torque. That was the highest horsepower Duramax of the day. I got to imagine that a big leader in that is your triple turbo setup. Can you tell us a little bit about the turbos? Yeah, they're uh, they're ED turbos. Uh, he uh, he actually we have uh, three S four eighties on there. That's what we've been running, and we've been running them for a while. And uh, Chris at ED has uh, he's kind of adjusted. I think the uh, the one you know in the valley there is black. It has like a ninety six millimeter wheel in it so it's a little bit bigger you know same housing just a little bit different wheel in it than than the two uh the two others so Mm -hmm. okay and have you guys ever changed the turbo setup throughout the time or is this what been one of those where it's always worked stick with it no this is the same that i've had in it since 2013 oh wow okay that's reliable man that's yeah, good. They've, I've never never wasted a turbo. We've never shelled a turbo out. We've never had an issue with a turbo ever. No shit. Even with the nitrous, huh? Even with the nitrous. We've <laughs> never had a turbo issue. Them are the same turbos that's been on it for 2013 and my other truck. They've been on there since 2011. We've never had an issue with a turbo. That's awesome. Now, how much spray did you run to get up to that 1,900 horsepower of those triple turbos? <laughs> I'm not real sure. We only had two stages on there. A lot of people had three, you know, but we, we had two stages on there, and I'm not real sure the jet sizes that Chris had in there, honestly, because he's more experienced at the uh, dyno. So uh, he uh, he didn't want to tell me what size jets was in there, so I honestly don't know. Are you, are you talking about Chris Buhider or, or Chris with uh, ED? No, this is Chris with uh, Truck Source Diesel. Yep, okay. 
Chris and Ray over there, yep. good guys. They were out there all weekend with you, the whole Truck Source Diesel crew. Danny and I had a lot of fun hanging out with them, huh? Oh, man, you guys are a riot. Um, but speaking of those guys, you guys missed an event in North Texas for your NHRDA. Can you tell us a little bit about what you sacrificed to come to the UCC? About 15 to 1,800 miles. actually the track in ennis is uh it's only 24 miles from my house oh your hometown track yes i live just 24 miles down the road and chris and them come from san antonio they have about a four-hour drive but we actually left san antonio that early about three o'clock in the morning headed to the indian it was a 17-hour drive for us so so there was a race going and uh, what what did you guys miles miss? Round trip, three thousand miles round trip versus a fifty mile round trip. <laughs> <laughs> and that was an NHRDA sanctioned event, correct? Yes, and uh, not only me, I missed it, but Chris, you hider, he missed it. He runs Super Street with me. Uh, Ray Ross, he missed it. He runs ten ninety class. He come with us, and so did Will Ellington. He runs Super Diesel, and he come with us and missed his also. Oh, how does that now, now with NHRDA, that's a points race for the end of the year, isn't it? It is a points race and they actually are, uh, the ones kind of like NHRA, they hold, uh, official records also. So. Gotcha. Okay. And how long have you been a licensed driver with the NHRDA? Uh, probably four or five years. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I know for a lot of the guys in the points races, it's a big deal to miss one because you get zero points for the day and that that's real hard to make up for the rest of the year. Do you think you're still in it for the, uh, for the shootout for the year for the points? Probably not me. I'm hoping Chris Buhider is, but, uh, you know, and Ray and Will, but I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'll be out of it just cause I missed the first couple of races trying to get the truck ready for UCC and they, they made, you know, they went to Phoenix and stuff like that, so hopefully he'll be back in it. He's a, he's actually Chris Buhiders is actually Super Street. He's the two-time you know points champion, so and he was the world champion last year. So absolutely, yeah, he's just been killing it out there in his truck. Um, yep. Wade, I usually start off our episodes, but we're trying to move it to the middle here for people to give us a little bit of a background. I mean, obviously, you're you're a professional drag race driver. Not that I'm sure you make enough money doing it to pay the bills. It's more of a hobby, right? But uh, but you've been doing this a long time. How did you get started in diesel performance? Well, actually, I bought a Duramax in O2, and I put like a plug-and-play you know, programmer on it and everything, and it done good. And then you know, I ended up a few years later getting an 06 Duramax, which is the one I have now, which is actually a cabin chassis dually. I bought it uh, for a welding truck, and uh, I got to playing with it and putting programmer on it, and then I went from a programmer to an added twin set, and then from that to, you know, a little bit of nitrous, and ended up burning a hole through a stock piston and a motor, and, you know, <laughs> went from guy from after that, you know, and completely retired the truck as a welding truck and uh built it into a strictly drag truck and that is ill-tempered that is ill-tempered strictly drag truck that uh poses as a truck puller once a year (laughs) (laughs) it actually used to be uh it ran down the road weighing eleven thousand four hundred forty pounds oh my goodness yeah that they weighted down 
and welder yeah, by yeah, trade, right? And oxygen settling bottles, toolboxes, you know, everything on it. So the truck used to make you money, and you made a yeah. comment to me in the pits that you have the stock rear axle in the truck. Yes. <laughs> that that's not a question. I mean, I just I, I I know it's not a question. It's just I can't believe that you would run at this caliber with a stock axle in the back. That just kind of blows my mind. It holds it right. Yeah, it has stock axle in the back, and uh, it has like fifty dollar remands from O'Reilly, the CB joints in the front. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck it, save money where you can, right? You don't got to spend the bank yeah, on every I mean, part. They haven't broke, so I don't know why I fix them when they haven't broke. So. But, but that, I can't say that now. UCC took care of both of those for me. Did they really? Okay. Yes. That second pull <laughs> tore you apart, man, huh? Yeah. We still drove it in the trailer. You know, I mean, we had really good luck out of this truck all weekend. You know, we, we beat the motor up. It held all three events and still runs like a dream. Uh, we still drove it in the trailer, even with broke CVs and axles and stuff. But it, it, it did break in that rear axle shaft and one CV in the front. That's just a badge of honor for the UCC, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I, I think it draws a big point, you know, about building your truck for sled pulling or building your truck for drag racing. You know, as you're going through this, it's not just all diesel performance parts. It comes down to what you're going to do and where the stress is at on the truck. I mean, this truck's no slouch, right? It's been running nine flats, you know, for a season. Um, you know, it's making 1,900 horse, 1,500 horsepower on the track every few weeks or at least once a month throughout the summer, right? And the, here it is two pulls and it just rips shit apart and you can see it's it's not just about the horsepower in your truck finding your weak link it's how you're going to use that horsepower that's going to find that weak link are you going to rebuild it with stock axles again i mean do you plan on pretty much calling it quits for the sled pulls no we're putting billet axles in it you know i think uh, i got a buddy of mine that does actually he he has a drag a uh, sled pulling truck and he builds axles custom axles so I'm talking to him about, you know, maybe building some, you know, axles for it and uh, stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to we're gonna change some things up. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, Wade, obviously you have a ton of experience drag racing. I think a lot of our listeners would uh, benefit quite a bit to learn some more about drag racing and some of what really goes on behind the scenes. Can you walk me through what your process is once you're in the staging lanes? up until the point that you actually launch the truck. What, what do you do? What's going through your head? Oh, just uh, just making sure, you know, and staying calm and making sure, you know, that everything, all your your accessories, because, you know, we run a water-to-air intercooler, and, you know, trans fans are all on a different button, and we don't want to turn everything on until, you know, till we get ready to launch the truck, you know. And... Pretty much just coming up there, being calm and staging. And, uh, you know, we don't try to kill the truck off the line because the track won't hold it. It has too much power for it to hold it if you just try to launch it too hard. So getting up there and pre-staging your first bulb, you know, because we run a pro tree. Just pre-staging the first bulb, you know, and, and building about 10 to 15 pounds of boost. Anything 20 or above, you're in trouble if you launch <laughs> it at that. So, you know, this. And this is my truck, you know, I'm, everybody's truck may be different, but, you know, we usually uh, come up there and, and stage it about 15 pounds and, uh, you know, and hold it there and bump into the second bulb. And then, you know, as soon as the three ambers blink, 
You better be gone. Don't mm-hmm. wait for it to hit green. As <laughs> soon as them blink, you better be gone. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, that's pretty much it, you know, making sure, you know, everything is uh, on, all your accessories is on. Because we have our setup a little different than probably some people do, but it's a little different, you know. It's In what fun. way? It's In what way is it different, you know, Wade? To get up there and, and uh, you know, once it launches, you know, and hold on and let it do its thing. I love it, man. It's so exciting to see these things launch off the line, isn't it, Danny? That's my favorite part. But to, it's different, though, at the UCC versus when you're running, like, an HRDA, I think, when you have that pro tree versus you have all day when it's just you and the truck and the track versus that tree. It's, like, faster than a blink of an eye that will drop uh, during your race, uh, typically an NHRDA. So cutting a good time, cutting a good light on a pro tree is a phenomenal um, uh, accomplishment all on its own right there and then the rest of the race still has to you know happen yeah what's the best reaction time you've ever cut oh man uh i've cut a uh 0.157 reaction time before it's pretty good you know and, and we're foot braking so it's you know, we don't have a trans brake or anything like that in the four-wheel drive so it's it's uh it's pretty good i mean it's um you know our 60 foot like uh at ucc we had a 148.60 foot. We was on the best pass the truck's ever been in through an eighth, and the trans let go on us, you know, unfortunately. But, I mean, we was looking at it probably an 890 pass there pretty easy. So it's it's a, it, it gets up there. You know, my, like my engine builder sent me a little text at the drag strip there when we was at UCC and told me, said, after the sled pull especially, he said, I'm sorry, my engine's tearing up your drivetrain. so that's it though man i mean i can't believe it so what happened to the trans what was the what was the failing point we think the input shaft give up in it we think that's what it was but luckily you know dave he helped us out and we brought two transes and run back to the pits and the guys uh they uh they tore the trans out and within an hour and a half they had a new trans back in it new converter everything and we went back around we was going to try to make another pass and i guess the track got oiled down so they shut the track down we didn't get to we didn't get to try to make another pass at it but it is what it is i guess so on any of your practice hits um going to your local track have you ever caught a perfect light before in the truck no no i never have not on a pro tree yeah i've cut a double o two light on a on a on a countdown tree but not a pro tree it's a hard task. It's kind of like getting a hole-in-one in golf if you've ever, you know, been on a par three. Yeah. You can get close, but to get it in there, it's a once-in-a-lifetime, I think, deal. Absolutely. Yeah, NHRDA is a lot different than the UCC was because you're not actually drag racing somebody. If you're dragging racing, racing somebody, you better be up there and you better be ready to go. How does that change it from the driver's perspective? Oh, it's well, it's, it's actually huge because you don't have – you don't have all the time you want to sit up there and spool your turbos up. If you have a truck that has hard time spooling, you're done. You know, you got somebody like like my truck and Chris's truck, Chris Buhider's truck, and all of our. I mean, they'll they'll spool instantly. I mean, they're fast spooling. You can, you can spool it in two or three seconds, and uh, you know they're ready to go. And a lot of these guys that have this huge turbo setup, it takes a while to spool them up. You know, with big injectors and stuff. So. It makes a big difference. If you have somebody next to you, you know, it, it'll time you out. If you're on a, you know, a, like a seven-tenths, you know, yeah. tree, they'll they'll time you out and you're you're disqualified. So, Whew. 
Okay. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about plans for the future. Um, obviously, you're you got a little work to do on the truck to keep her going and get her back out on the street this year. But what about next year? Are we going to see you at the UCC again? We might. I, I don't know. I need to talk, sit down and talk with Crispy Hyder and, and Guy Trip at SoCal. I mean, they're, they're two of my major sponsors. They help me out tremendously. Because there's no way I could do it without those guys. I mean, they're, they, uh, you know, they make it happen for me for sure. Because it's very, very expensive. So, uh, you know, I'll talk to Chris and everything, and, and uh, see if he wants to uh, see if he wants to try it again. See what happens. Okay. If we had a time machine and we could put you back to uh, April 20th here and let you get another pass at the UCC, what would you do differently? I I wouldn't do anything different, honestly. I mean, we uh, we we done really good. We uh, we just we just had a issue with the you know the trans giving up the shaft giving up in the trans. If we could have got another shot at that, I think we'd have been better. I think the the injector bodies on the LBZ Duramaxes they only flow so much, and uh, we've got them. They're like four hundred percent. 450 percent and they're pretty much tapped out on what kind of fuel they'll make you know i don't know that we could do anything different there besides i talked to chris and and i think he talked to greg and and uh andrew at sns and i think we'd have to do some machine work to the heads to get a different injector in there that flows more to make more power so i mean we for honestly for what we've got i mean it 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 done what it what it was supposed to do i mean we didn't have no issues with anything as far as the engine injectors turbos i mean we had a few little minor issues with the with the shaft and trans besides that man the truck runs phenomenal and we're we're very excited to have come out three out of 32 teams yeah you said it man you guys put on a hell of a show and to be honest with you you're one of the only if not the only guy out there that didn't own a shop um like you had said this is a, a very expensive hobby could you give, maybe you don't have an exact budget, but could you give somebody an idea of what does it cost to build a truck that could compete at the UCC? I mean, what, how much money do you think in a ballpark is wrapped up in this thing? Well, to compete at a top level, it's over a hundred grand easy. I know some of these guys have a hundred grand just in their motor, not <laughs> counting the rest of the truck. So, I mean, it's, it's very expensive. Yeah, and I don't have a diesel shop. I uh, have a, account, a mechanical contract company, you know, or a welding company. And uh, Chris, you know, at it, it, uh, Truck Source Diesel, Chris Alanese and Chris Buhide, both of those owners, they've, they've helped me tremendously. I mean, like I said, and Guy Trip at SoCal and Andrew and Greg at S&S and Chris at ED and even Mike at the Duramax store, he sent two sets of extra front-end parts for us in case we needed them, and they didn't give us – they didn't budge an inch on nothing we put them through. So, I mean – Without sponsors, you know, and stuff like this, there's no way I could do it. There's, there's, that's for sure. It's, it's very expensive. So, <laughs> I just want to know. I just want you to know what kind of set you apart from everybody else, in my opinion, kind of as a spectator as well. You and um, Michael Graves, you guys could, ju- you could tell that you guys had fun doing it. You know, it yeah. just resonated into the audience and everything that you said and did throughout the whole weekend. People were watching you, and when you get on the uh, loudspeaker, you were so excited, and we could just definitely read you like that, and we could tell you were having a great time. That passion. That's what it's about. 
You know, it's it's so rare to get fans out there who are able to compete at the top level, Wade. That was one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the podcast today is because, you know, like we said, a lot of these guys are shop owners. They have something in it directly for them. They're going to they're hoping to build their business for you. This is, seems like it's really just about the fun. Uh, what is it that that gets you and the family out there every weekend? What really motivates you to do something like this? Man, I just like having fun, trying to be the top of your competition and trying to be the, one of the best there is. It, you know, like I told Guy Trip when I sent him the money to build my motor, I said, I want this to be the absolute best motor that you can build. And uh, and that's what he's built me. I mean, for the last several years, I mean, he's gotten the best motor. I mean, I've never had an issue, you know, with his motors. And, you know, like Chris and them, I mean, I, I felt like I went to the best diesel shop anywhere around me and these guys have brought the truck to the next level you know and and just 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 being able to come out and compete like that you know i felt like being it was a dedicated drag truck that you know some people might have had some doubts on what it would do and everything else and stuff like that and i feel like we put the duramaxes up there with some of the cummins guys absolutely definitely represented strong for the bow tie this weekend uh it, it was an amazing feat I think everybody was shocked to see the performance overall of this truck, and I know everybody was blown away to see a, a drag racer killing it on the sled pull track. That was really, really awesome. A, a major highlight for me this weekend. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Wade, and thank you for killing it at the UCC. If anybody, well, thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. If anybody's in the greater San Antonio area, make sure you give Truck Source Diesel a stop or a phone call and get your service work done there. Absolutely. Folks, yeah, they're awesome guys down there. There's no doubt. Uh, Wade, any last minute shout outs? Anybody we haven't included so far that helped you out with the truck? Man, uh, you know, just like I said, you know, Chris Buhider and Chris Alanis at Truck Source Diesel, uh, Brian Chandler and Nate uh, for doing all the wrench turning on this truck. They pretty much do all the work on it at Truck Source Diesel. Uh, Guy Tripp and Lorenzo at SoCal for building one of the best engines, you know, the Duramax engines in the world, in my opinion. Uh, I guess uh, uh, Chris at ED, you know, for the turbos. Uh, Greg and Andrew at S&S for the injectors. Uh, Mike at the Duramax store for all the front-end parts that are bulletproof. Uh, JTT uh, in Midlothian for helping on the trans. Dave Gorin for all the work on the trans and converters. I mean, without these guys, there's no way I could do it for sure. You know, they're they're a big, big help, that's for sure. That's so awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you joining us tonight, Wade. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Boss. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or danny at duramaxtuner.com. It was almost a dream. Like, I woke up Monday, and I'm like, what happened this weekend? <laughs>